You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Monday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's show. On today's show, I'm going to give you kind of a big picture recap of what happened this weekend and sort of bring all of last week into perspective. And then we're also going to talk for a minute about Monday night's draft. But before we get to that, make sure that you have hit that subscribe button on all your major podcasting apps like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and the Himalaya podcasting app. Definitely check out the Himalaya podcasting app if you have not already. It's personally curated playlists that are built based on your listening patterns are exactly what you need to get you through your day listening to podcasts and then also head over to lockedonreds.com and check us out on social media at lockedonreds and at jeff carr with three f's so let's talk about this weekend the reds lose a series to the nationals two out of three games the nationals take at great american ballpark and on sunday sunny gray pitched pretty well He only went five innings. He threw a lot of pitches in those five innings. And they rolled with the analytics, taking him out before he gets to the third time through the lineup. Plus, he was going up against Max Scherzer, who was vintage Max Scherzer, holding the Reds to just one run while striking out just an an enormous amount of Reds hitters, and it was the kind of thing that you almost saw coming, because in his career, this is his seventh start against the Reds. In his six previous starts against the Reds, he's pitched just a shade over 36 innings. He's given up nine total earned runs, with 53 strikeouts compared to just 13 walks, so he doesn't give up a lot to the Reds, so they were going to have to have basically a perfect performance from the pitching staff, and the pitching staff did okay. They only gave up four runs. It's just they couldn't get anything out of the offense today because it was shut down by Max Scherzer. And they put themselves into that position by losing on Saturday. Saturday, a very winnable game. They had runners on base early, bases loaded in the first two innings, and they come out empty-handed. And because of that, it just changed the whole complexion of the game They never really could get going offensively. And once again, here we are talking about a lackluster offense. I think we're just going to have to call it what it is. The, The offense is just average. It may be even a little below average. According to the best website in all the world, BaseballReference.com, the Reds currently, as I'm recording this Sunday night, sit at in the bottom third of the National League offensively, when it comes to runs scored, they are 11th in the National League. Hits, they're 12th. 
Um, and home runs, they are sixth in home runs. But overall, when you've got the 11th most runs in the National League, it's nice that you've got great pitching. But as Jason Stark pointed out in an article on The Athletic, there has only been two teams to go an entire year doing what the Reds are currently doing. I don't think this is something that will carry on over to the end of the season, but currently the Reds lead the major leagues, not the National League, but the major leagues in shutouts. They have more shutouts than anyone, and they're in last place. That's happened twice in the last 106 years. Only two times, because what happens is usually when you get shutouts, you get wins. But that's the only time it seems, I mean, obviously, the Reds aren't a billion games under 500, I understand this, but it seems as if the only consistent way for the Reds to win is that they keep the other team from scoring, period. And you can't rely on that. And Stark points out that the only two times it's happened in the last 100 years, oddly enough, both happened in the 70s. In 1975, the Angels were tied with the Orioles for the Major League lead in shutouts with 19, but they finished in last place in their division. And then in 1971, the Milwaukee Brewers had 23 shutouts to lead Major League Baseball, but they finished in last as well. And it's just one of those things that you're like, okay, every time we turn around the excuses the finger-pointing, everything is back to the lineup. And does the lineup really miss Scooter this much? I mean, obviously, when Scooter comes back, we're going to get a jolt, right? The offense is going to get better. But if he is the missing ingredient to pushing this offense over the edge and making them good enough to make up for the lack of offense in games, which, like Sunday, all they needed were a few runs. I, I just don't see that. I feel like they need more. I think they've got a good number three hitter in Suarez. I do think they have a, a very surprising lack of pop in that number four spot, at least lack of consistency, right? You're, you're going to throw Derek Dietrich in front of me with the whole number four spot, but I I just think you need a dude in the number four spot that's not a platoon hitter, and right now they've cast him as a platoon hitter. I, there's nothing I can do about that. That's what management's doing. I'm not telling you that he can't hit lefties. I'm just saying that is how they played Derek Dietrich. So then you look at Yasiel Puig, and I know we all tiptoe him around, you know, tiptoe around this idea, and we treat Yasiel Puig with kid gloves because he's an awesome person. He came to Cincinnati. He was super happy to be here, and we were completely grateful for that. But he's been a disappointment. What we thought we were going to get from Yasiel Puig, we have not gotten yet. And if we are going to get what we thought Puig could bring to the table, that means he's going to go on a crazy hot streak. And I hope he does. I hope he's saying, I hope he you know, maybe he's listening to the show. I seriously doubt it. But I hope he hears what I'm saying and just goes on a tear and hits like 19 home runs in his next 19 at-bats. But as of right now, he's the guy that you look at in this lineup to be the consistent, everyday, number four hitter, and he's not doing it. Anyway, I got to take a quick break. Let's talk about Hotels.com and Bluetooth. Hotels.com 
is the best way to book your next vacation. Head on over there right now. Great rates and a great reward system. Do you want to get rewarded when you travel? I know I do. Head on over to Hotels.com. And then Blue Chew. Quickly. I understand this. It's a baseball podcast. But we're going to talk about set. Blue Chew is a generic. It's got the same active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. But it's in a chewable form. So it works quicker. And the way that you get it is you go to bluechew.com. And there's even a special promo code today for my listeners. Your first order, you go to bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB. You get your first order for free. All you do is pay $5 in shipping. Here's the thing with bluechew. You order online. You have no awkward in-office doctor's visits talking about this. And this isn't just for folks that, you know need a leg up in the game is for folks who want to increase their performance. So head on over bluechew.com promo code MLB get your first order for free today. $5 in shipping. Bluechew B-L-U-E-Chew.com promo code MLB. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Monday. My name is Jeff Gar. Thank you so much for joining me. What I'm going to do now, we're going to talk about the draft, but we're also I'm going to weave it in with a little bit of a narrative for the rest of the season, because what better way to start thinking about the Reds' future? And I'm talking about just next year. I'm not saying, okay, it's time to blow it up and rebuild. I think that right now, if, if the Reds don't just go on some crazy winning streak, which they need to do, they have to have some sort of streak where they erase the 1-8 start that they had in order for anyone to take them seriously as a playoff contender, you know, just a wildcard contender. But unless they go on that streak, Monday, today, the start of the MLB draft is the great time to start thinking about next year. And I know, you've gone through the last five years. I've been with them too. I've been with you too with this whole process of just watching the Reds be terrible. They're not terrible this year. They're, they're okay. They're much better than terrible, but they're not good. A good team is in the playoff hunt right now, and I know there's only, there are only a few games out of the wild card and things like that, but they continually get close to that 500 mark, and then something happens. They lose a couple of games in the row, and they're... They're right back to five games under 500. There were some folks that were calling the National Series almost a, a moving series, if you will, saying that if the Reds were able to win that series, maybe even sweep the series, they really changed their fortunes for the rest of the year. Now, I don't know if I buy into all that, but in that same vein, this week right here coming up could be that way. They've got the Cardinals and the Phillies. You win both of these series, you're making a statement to the National League, in my opinion, because they're close to the Cardinals in the standings right now, and I'm going to have a conversation with Moose Michaels of Locked On Cardinals for tomorrow's podcast, but just previewing the Cardinals series. And then, of course, the Phillies, they're on top of the AL East, but I think that this is the kind of week that you can really start to make that move, and unless they just go crazy. And they go on some kind of streak where they're eight and one. I think we're looking at a 500 ball club for the entire season. And if that's the case, they really need to look hard 
at some of the guys on this roster. I'm not even talking about the one-year guys. And I know you're going to hate me for saying this because I'm with you. I love the dude. He's really entertaining. But the Reds need to understand what they have in Derek Dietrich. He is, and this is not an original thought. I saw someone say this on Twitter. I think it was uh, Mo Egger, which he will be on phone in Friday this week. But I, I believe he posited the idea that Derek Dietrich is in the same vein of Todd Frazier. He's in the same vein of Scooter Jeanette. Guys like that that are, you know, the fan favorite. But they need to have it in perspective what Derek Dietrich is. Do they want to pay for an entertainment commodity? Or do they want that, you know, maybe he's, he's good some days, he's not good some days. Or are they going to be open to listening to offers for him. I know you're, you're cringing at that thought. You hate the thought of someone getting traded away because it's happened the last five years and nothing good has come of, as of yet. But this is the year, with all of these one-year contracts, that they can really make a big splash for next year. And, and a lot of money comes off the books and this offseason is going to be interesting. But I think the most crucial part of the 2018 season because of the way that the season has started, the most crucial part of the 2018 season is coming up. We are less than two months. Had to do maths there for a second. Less than two months away from the trade deadline. That is super crucial. The Reds cannot stand pat. They can't not do anything. They can't not do anything. They have to do something. Now, unless they just go nuts and win a bunch of games in a row and turn themselves into buyers, they need to see themselves as sellers. They need to see themselves as a team that they can trade Puig for a piece, and they can trade maybe Tanner Rourke for a piece, and things like that. And now, you know, it's got to be good deals. We're not talking about getting some guy from single A who may or may not ever make the majors. We need some guys that are going to come in here and contribute. I don't know what that looks like. That's something that I'm going to explore from now until the trade deadline, but they can't stand Pat. As they look at this draft, which with the number seven overall pick, as Doug Gray has said, and if you haven't heard my interview with Doug Gray last Friday, go download it, check it out. Really insightful stuff. He mentioned this is a terrible year to not have like the top two picks. Because he said the top two guys, Adley Rushman, and Bobby Witt Jr., a shortstop. Rushman's a catcher. Witt Jr. is a shortstop. Both are so far and away the two best prospects in this draft that, you know, at least scouting-wise and all this other stuff, they're just head and shoulders above everybody else, that even the guys right below them in the 3-4-5 spot just don't have the same kind of promise. And the Reds are currently in a position where being the number seven pick in just about every mock draft you can find, they're, pitch, they're picking a pitcher. And uh, there's been a guy named uh, Nick Lodolo mentioned. There's been a guy named Alex Manoa mentioned. And Doug even alluded to on Friday's podcast that these guys are okay. He said that Nick Lodolo could be a guy that, you know, maybe a year or two down the road is ready to be brought up. And his ceiling, the best that he could probably be, probably pop, <laughs> the best that he could possibly be, would be like a number three starter. And he probably profiles more as a bottom end of the rotation, maybe even a reliever type guy. 
So we're already looking at not settling for a specific player, but just not a franchise-changing draft pick. So with that in mind, the Reds cannot get into the trade deadline season and stamp pat. They've got to have an eye for next year. And if that means they got to offload some of these guys, then they got to offload some of these guys. You know, hopefully the right deal is out there. They, you know, don't just need to go out there and train for a bowl of soup or something. But it needs to be something that they're open to. No one is untradeable. There is no such thing as an untradeable player on this Reds team. Fully believe that. There's no one. I mean, maybe Nixon Zell, but even then, there is still a right deal out there for him. And maybe Luis Castillo as well. But, you know, those are really crazy things that I don't think would ever happen. So they they need to be open to it. And unless the Reds just go on a crazy run and prove me wrong, which I hope they do. I really do. But as it stands right now, understand that the Reds need to go into the trading season with the mindset of being a seller. And you as a fan need to be prepared for that. You need to understand that there's going to be some guys that are offloaded that maybe you were hoping they were going to hold on to. Like I was I was holding I was holding out hope that they were going to be able to sign Yasiel Puig. I'm starting to get of the mindset if there's a team out there that's looking for a big power bat like him and they're not scared away by his low average so far and maybe they offer a good deal, the Reds need to take that deal. Hoping we're a little bit more positive on tomorrow's podcast, really do. But this is just, it's just been a kind of a frustrating week. I've gotten a lot of tweets at me on Twitter talking about, man, this was a disappointing week. Or the National Series, man, that was disappointing. And I'm with you. I was disappointed too. I really hope they were going to be able to come out of this National Series because the Nationals have underperformed. There's a lot of articles out there that are saying that they're going to be surprise sellers. They're going to look to maybe start over a little bit with some of their stuff. The Reds need to take care of guys like that if they're going to insert their name into the wildcard conversation. Until they do, they've got to look at themselves as sellers. That's going to do it for the Monday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. That's the easiest way to get the podcast each and every day. And check us out on social media at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. Head on over to Lockdown Reds for even more content. And a big thanks to our sponsors today, Hotels.com and Blue Chew. Until tomorrow, my name is Jeff Carr. This is the Lockdown Reds podcast, and I'm saying go Reds.